I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It's the show for the Renaissance person, the multipotentialite. A positive agenda-free zone, and we always discuss a variety of things because we love a variety of things. That's why it says initiating surprise in three, two, one, because you don't have any idea what we're gonna talk about, do you? Nope. Because we're curious. We're we're curious. We're we're a bunch of curious people, you know. So we nerd out. Uh we, you know, we strive to be better, so we unleash our superhero. And you know what we're going to talk about today? We've got a non-spoilery review of Shazam, some TV show updates, and the amazing, or is it amazing, Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. We're going to talk all about that. Let's rock it. I don't, I don't know what just happened there. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> yes. Woo. I'm the real Brian and with me as always. The real captain of influence. You know, I, I, I said is with me as always, which is not true. You're not always with me. Not always. No. So I just lied no. to you. Well, that's all. good. I lied to you. That's good though. That that's a good that lie. I lied to you or that you're not always with me. No, both. I mean, it's, it's good that you, that, that you, uh, have, other guests on once in a while it's awesome i love it yeah that's okay well i appreciate that and it's good to have you back as always and it's good to have others on as always as well i just wish we could have all of us on as always more the merrier that's right well that's how i like it you know chaos i used to have a show called organized chaos it was probably more chaotic than it was organized but hey who cares it's fun All right, dude. So, like I said, we are definitely going to be talking about Shazam. We saw it. It's non-spoilery, so that'll be coming up here in just a few minutes. And, of course, the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer, which was that amazing or was it not amazing? And that's our uh, that's our teaser because we want to share that. Got a couple TV show updates. But, dude, okay, so we went out for Sarah's father's 80th birthday, dude. Um, isn't wow. that amazing? He... Now, he uh, obviously and his wife she, had Sarah when they were a little older. Yeah. So it's, um, but really, really cool. You know, in fact, some people never make it to 80. And it's just neat when you can see people make it to 80. And he looks like he's definitely younger than 80. In fact, it was so funny. People were saying, you don't look 80. You actually look quite a bit younger. And he's taking care of himself. He was just so excited to celebrate. We got to go out there. They live out in Kansas. That's right. That's right. That out in Kansas. Now, here's the funny Don't part. Don't go anywhere on Sunday because it'll be closed. Oh, everything's closed on Sundays in Kansas. That's right. It's so true. People don't actually talk quite like that, but they do have a little bit no. of that Midwister, mid, mid, Midwestern accent. Some of them I'm going to go wash my clothes after this. That's right. I'm going to wash. Uh, it was actually funny. I'll tell you what. People are nice in Kansas, though. You know? Sure. They really are. It's a Midwestern town. People are hanging out. Now, I got... <laughs> so, I'm a city boy. Uh-oh. I come from originally California was only there for like a year or so of my life and then moved to Phoenix. But we spent a lot of time in California. A lot of our relatives are there. Grew up for 11 years in Phoenix, which is significantly larger now. And then Colorado and, you know, been in a couple places in Colorado. So 
I've been in larger places. And when you travel to Kansas, most of the towns in Kansas are significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. But they live in Concordia, which is like about 5,000 people. And then, of course, there's, you know, Salina, Hayes, and Manhattan, some of the places, you know, we were around. Uh, Manhattan's a college town. That's where K-State is. And I think they have mm-hmm. like 57,000, I want to say, in Manhattan. Man- Man- I can't talk today, man. Manhattan. Part of the reason I can't talk is because we just got back. So it was pretty funny. You you fly into Salina and you're on this little puddle jumper. Salina is, you know, a podunk airport. They've got pretty much one main airline. I think it's United Express and I think they have one or two flights there and that's it. I and can't so, believe they fly into Salina. That's that's impressive. Well, they didn't. So it used to be Great Lakes. Great Lakes went out of business and United took over and said, sure, we'll do that route. Then we'll go from Denver to Hayes to Salina. And then they also have a Chicago to Salina route as well. But Weird. that's it. That's all the only airline in there. So, you know, otherwise you drive, which I'm not a road tripper very much, you know, staring at a road that's not going anywhere, kind of drift off to sleep. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's, it's bad. So it's good to get into an airplane, but they cram you in, man. These, these little tiny commuter plans. I'm six, four. Come on. Can they get any smaller? I probably shouldn't ask that question, but give me a break. I can't get my knees in there anymore. I can't. I mean, I literally had my knees up against the person's chair in front of me. They were as tall as my chin. And uh. let's just say that was not a comfortable flight in any way, shape or form. There's one row front row that you've got some leg room, but you have to pay an extra $33 a ticket for. And I thought, you know, I'll pay it. <laughs> but then I'm like, hold on here. I can't choose my height. People. I cannot choose yeah. the fact that I'm six foot four. There's nothing that I can do without surgery or something stupid to shorten myself not going to happen so why should i be discriminated against to have to pay for something that i can't choose hmm. yeah and i and and the whole thing with you know really overweight people flying on air on airplanes how do they do it Sometimes, i don't i don't know if i've ever seen no but i mean they, they just there are some people who are simply too wide by you know half again or two times too wide for a seat in in a modern airplane they would be too wide for a seat in an old style airplane, let alone mm-hmm. modern airplanes. So how does that work? Well, many of them uh, are required to buy two seats together. Yeah, but how do they fit in? I, I don't even see how they fit in one seat, let alone. No, I'm uh, saying they're required to buy two seats and you put the, yeah. the armrest up so that you have two seats to sit there. Oh, but then there's two, there's two buckets and you have to sit between the two. Bu- oh, that's just weird. Well, I know, but it's I mean, like each cheeks in a bucket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, well, and, 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 and this is something that may come across as kind of mean, but most, and this no. is where I say most people that are overweight can choose their weight. There are some sure. that have a very challenging time with their weight and they choose and they try to lose weight and they can't. And there are various reasons for that, but most people can choose their weight. So I understand when an airline says, you know, if, if you're too big to fit into a seat, you got to buy two seats. Right. I can kind of understand that, but those of us that are tall can't do a thing about it. Right. So that's where I feel like you're forcing me now to pay to sit into an emergency exit row or upgrade to business class or first class or, you know, the front row or whatever, because I want more leg room. Well, when you've got somebody and I'm not kidding, there was this five foot, maybe three or four person that sat in that front seat. (laughs) I'm like, seriously, Come on. Like she would have had ample room in the row that I was in. The guy sitting right. next to me was short and his, his knees were a good foot. Probably. Well, okay. Maybe more like six to 10 inches away from the seat in front of him. 
obviously the, the airlines don't know how tall their passengers are going to be. So they can't, even if they wanted to, they couldn't comprehensively, you know, seat people like that. But do you think that maybe they should start you know, uh, asking so. what your height is. I think that they should pretty much say that, you know, these rows are for six footers and, and shorter or whatever. If you're five eleven and shorter, you're, you know, you're, you're sitting in these rows no matter what. Granted, if you if you're five, five and you want to pay for more leg room or whatever, fine, go, go for it. But I really feel like that if you're six, two and up six, one and up even, and there are guys that are taller than me, you know, yeah. they should reseat us in rows that have more leg room. Because my kneecaps were digging into the metal of the seat rest seat, whatever you call or the armrests, you know, the metal kind of wraps around the back. Sure. They were digging in the entire time. And I'm like, I don't want permanent damage here. And there's nothing that I can do about it. So yeah, that's 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 simply negligence. That's what that is. It is. And it's also a health hazard because if they get into a crash, I'm I'm not going to be able to walk. So oh, yeah, that's the least of your problems if they get in a crash. Well, of course, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I feel like they need to do, and I said something and the flight, at, both the flight attendants were like, nah, whatever. I'm like, Oh, uh. so, you know, and a lot of times they say, sorry, you know, unless you pay more. And I'm like, dude, I can't fit here. Like it, this isn't me trying to just be a jerk or yeah. anything. I'm like, I literally yeah. don't fit here. Come on. <laughs> so I, I don't Man. know. I don't know. I feel like I could file like some kind of a class action lawsuit. You know, I mean, if, if a person can accidentally, and I'm doing air quotes here, spill hot <laughs> coffee on her and go, Oh my gosh, this was hot and win a million dollars. Come on. You know, anyway, that's negative. I'm sorry. I'm being negative, but it really is a bit of an issue <laughs> here venting. and it's, it's frustrating. Okay. And anyway, but all of that to be said, we had our flight to leave. You know, we got a big blizzard in Colorado and then the storm finally made its way. Well, in Chicago, we couldn't, Yeah, the plane was stuck in Chicago with that same blizzard. So the plane was never able to get to us in Salina, Kansas, and they kept delaying and delaying. And thankfully, my aunt's a pilot for United. We contacted her. She lives out in Chicago, and they're just like, yeah, you're probably not going to get on. Then she later says, you might want to prepare for cancellation. Well, of course, United wasn't saying that. They're continuing to drag the people along like, oh, don't worry. It's just it's, you know, it's four hours delayed. (laughs) Literally, just keep waiting. It'll be fine. And my aunt's like, go out on tomorrow morning's flight, you know, it's or, or rent a car and drive or something like that, because it's not going to, you're not going to get out on this flight. So we tried to rent a car. Well, everything was closed. It was a Sunday. Everything was closed. <laughs> no car rental places in the entire city of Salina, Hayes, Concordia, or anything like that. I mean, this is small town country. So we could have gone to Manhattan, which was about an hour and a half out of the way each way to rent, to rent a car to basically go back, which would have put us in at midnight or so. And we're like, yeah, we'll go out on tomorrow morning, early flight. So we were the first to transfer, which was great. And then of course the flight did cancel, never got out of Chicago. So we never Good got call. to, yeah, we never got to plane. And then all those people had to transfer over. And so that flight was packed the day we left. But all of that to be said, I went 48 hours with no real sleep, a couple naps here and there. And I can't do that. I don't know. Maybe some people can, but that really messed me up, man. That's why I well, still sound, can't talk. I'm like, you sound good right now. Well, I've yeah, except for stumbling a little bit, but I mean, I, I don't really notice it. So oh, that's good. Yeah. It good is recovery. It's man. amazing though. It's amazing how magical sleep is. In fact, I actually saw a YouTube video of a guy that did something where he said, you know, all of the successful people like, I don't know, Elon Musk, 
Steve Jobs, whatever, right? They all slept five hours, four hours a night. They're super successful and it's because they don't sleep a lot, you know? So this guy went, uh, okay, well, then I'm going to try it, but I'm going to do what Einstein did and I'm going to sleep two hours a day and basically do those polyphasic naps, you know, the polyphasic sleep and you do naps at you know certain times throughout the day, 20 minute naps, power naps. You sleep a total of two hours. You're going to get a lot more done. You're going to be super productive and you're going to be healthy and feeling great. Well, the guy did it for seven days. Interestingly, he felt horrible, but yes, he was more productive for, I think, two or three days out of those seven days. He got a lot more done. He actually was more creative and had better ideas in those two or three days. But by the end of the seven days, his work productivity and quality actually declined. He got more done, but he was not focused and not able to really do anything right. So he ended up having to go back and redo a lot of that work. His relationship suffered because he was in such poor physical, mental, and emotional health. I guess physically, it looked like he had aged almost 10 years. And <laughs> emotionally, Dude. he was he was significantly depressed and had the serious problems. And he went back and said, okay, well, maybe some people can survive on two to five hours of sleep a night. But he goes, I believe sleep is magical and go for sleep. And that's my experience too, man. You get a good solid night of excellent quality sleep and enough hours. Dude, your next day is like magic, man. Yeah. Mm, like a magic man. Mm. No, no. <laughs> What's been your experiment with sleep? I've never experimented with sleep, uh, no. except, okay, you know, back in college, you know, in architecture school, I, and I'm not an architect by the way, but I was in architecture school and for a couple of years. And when we do projects, we'd have to, sometimes pull all nighters to get the projects done by the deadline. If, if, you know, we weren't running behind or whatever. So there were a few times where I would stay up for 50, 70 hours at a time. And I would start, you know, wow. it's, it's so interesting. You start hallucinating. You really do. I would start hearing things that weren't there or seeing things in the, in the corner of my eyes that weren't there. It was really trippy. And then of course I'd sleep for 12 hours once I was finally able to crash. I haven't done that since then. I haven't needed to. Well, good. I'm glad you, you know, you've got a good stable sleep schedule then. And that's a good thing. That's actually much, what everybody all needs. Much. Booyah, man. Sleep. Booyah. Sleep is magical. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into our review, our non-spoilery review of Shazam, because I guarantee that's going to take up most of this episode. And then from there, we're going to jump into, well, I've got a couple TV show reviews. You've got a couple as well. We'll jump into our Star Wars Episode Nine trailer thoughts, and then we'll wrap up the episode. It's going to be just a couple things today, but it's going to be fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. Whether you're interested in the movie or not, I think you're going to enjoy our, our conversation here. Better enjoy it. Yeah, you better enjoy it or else just no. Now, one thing I'll say really quickly. Next week, we talked about this having Lord Thunder on this week. Next week, we're going to have Lord Thunder on. He's going to chat about how to protect yourself against phishing scams, ransomware, other issues with your online personal security. We were going to do that this week, but we decided to push that to next week. We're going to have a great time talking about that, give you some good practical advice on how you can protect yourself. And then we're going to go into what you talked about last week, Captain Influence, of the journey to the future thing. We wanted to, we wanted to spend yeah. time on that. Shazam is a little more timely. Journey to the future is not. We definitely want to do that. We're going to have some fun with that next week. Maybe we'll even invite Johnny Pistol Shot on to, to talk about that with us because I know he'd kind of know really about should. that. Yeah, it'd be fun to have yeah. the three of us just go yeah. into that. So that'll be our two things next week. We're going to have a really good time with that. 
Just wanted to give you a quick heads up on that, but let's talk Shazam. 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 See, that would have been awesome to see Zachary up there going like, Shazam. <laughs> I don't know that well, that would have would have carried over. Honestly. Oh, that would have been. Do you remember? <laughs> now, this is a while ago, but do you remember when the first Thor movie came out? Yeah. So this was what, 2011 or 12 or something? I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look. I, I think it was 11. I, 2011. It all blurs together to me. It's been a while, but back then people didn't really know much about, you know, Thor and our glorious actor, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. I there get him and Pine mixed up all the time. Chris Pine. Yeah. Aren't there like three Hemsworth brothers? I think at this point, I don't know. All I know is Chris Hemsworth married to Miley Cyrus. Isn't that right? I have no clue. I don't, that's sure. one thing I don't keep up with. <laughs> So yes, well, yes, Chris Hemsworth, you know, for whatever reason, it's like, you know, it's hard. I don't know, but yeah, I think he's got two other brothers. Yeah. Luke and Liam. There we go. So yeah, Luke and Liam. Anyway, so back then Chris wasn't well known as much. Some people did know, but he wasn't, you know, as well known as he is today. And he had those big golden locks and Conan O'Brien did a big joke and said, you know, there's this new Thor movie coming out and it, I don't know, you know, we're looking at like the God of thunder, the God of, you know, he's got this amazing hammer. He's but you know, totally beefed out and everything, but look at him, look at these golden locks. And so they, they redid the trailer where he was like, I'm Thor. <laughs> it was so funny. And they, yeah, it was great. So that's why I was like, Shazam. So <laughs> saw it. I was so excited. All right. I'm going to give my quick review here on this. Of course, this is non spoilery. We want to make sure that if you've not seen the movie, you can get a few thoughts on it and decide if you want to go see it or not. And then, of course, um, you know, I don't know. We didn't do an, a full spoilery review of Captain Marvel. We were getting ready to do it. And there were so yeah, many complications. And, it, and with my schedule ran and, out of time. And then it was like, yeah, by then, who cares? Everybody's like over yeah. it. So and I guess here's the question. Do you want it? Do you really want us to do full spoilery review episodes of these movies? You know, if they warrant it, Shazam warrants it. Captain Marvel did. I'm sure Avengers Endgame definitely will. You know, there's yeah, a that few, one will. That will definitely warrant that kind of thing. I'm curious, though, do you want that or not? Because the one thing is, you know, we can sit here and test all these things and we can run ourselves ragged and spread ourselves thin. The question is, do you want it or not? Do you care? Because if you want it, then we'll do it. Absolutely. And if you're just like, eh, I don't care. Well, then, all right, we'll spend time on other things. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> all right. So you got Zachary Levi as the adult Shazam, and then you've got Asher Angel as the kid version of Shazam, Billy Batson, Asher angel. Yeah. Never seen him before. Now maybe he's been in something. I don't know, but he's new to me. And then of course, Mark strong played the villain Savannah. So just getting he was a, cool. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and I like that guy. Digimon. Hunsu. I don't know how to pray. Is that right? Digimon. Hunsu. Oh yeah. He's um, in so many things. He's in a couple of the guardians of the galaxy movies. Yep. And he was in Captain know, Marvel actually. Captain Marvel, yep. So he played the wizard. He, he was in he was in uh, everyone's favorite um, role of his gladiator when he was very young. Oh yes! Oh, he was so awesome. Not, in that. not yet, he says. Yeah, in that movie, not yet. Juba, that I guy. forgot he was in that. He, you know what? It's anyway. amazing. He makes it into so many movies. He was in Aquaman as a voice. He was in. I mean, I could go on for for. I mean, it's ridiculous if you look at his yeah. movie credit. He was in Amistad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where he got to start was Amistad. Was Amistad? I think so. Really, really awesome actor though. I love Digimon. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jumon. 
Digimon. That know. sounds more French. Digimon, <laughs> I think. I don't know. But anyway, he's amazing. I like him a lot. So he was the wizard. Those are some of the big names. But uh, here are my thoughts. First of all, went to go see it with Johnny Pistol Shot. Turned out that a couple of our other friends actually texted us the night of and said, hey, do you want to go see Shazam? Actually, we're going to see Shazam. What time are you going? Same time. Where are you sitting? They turned out it was right next to us. Literally the two seats oh, next wow. to us. It was hilarious. Sweet. Did not plan that. So the four of us went and it was the right group of people to go with because oh, they're into movies like this. They're fun. They're happy. They laugh a lot. You know, I was thinking about this too. Sometimes you go to a movie with someone and you say, trust me, you're going to like this genre and they don't really get into it or maybe they just don't like the movie for whatever reason, like I said, or the genre yeah. or something like that. Right. And it kind of ruins it for you. I think yeah, you, if you, if you let it, yeah, I, I could totally get that. Uh, even if you don't, even if you try not to let it, I, I can see that rubbing the, their negativity rubbing off on you. But if they, yeah. I mean, usually if you take somebody to a movie, they, unless it's a date, they, if you're taking a friend to a movie, they already kind of have an idea of what they're getting into. True. Sometimes though, you'll bring someone just because it's like, they'll say, Hey, I want to try that movie out and see what happens. But, and granted I am perceptive of people's emotions, whether I want to be or not. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I can sense them. I can feel their body language, you know, just sitting next to me and stuff like that. If they're sitting next to me, I mean, if they're sitting a couple seats down, I have no idea what's going on, but they're either laugh or they won't. You know what I'm talking about? So you just kind of yeah. pick up on it. And for me, if I'm going with somebody who loves the movie as well, then it enhances the experience for me versus if they're not loving it as much, then I may not love it as much or if they hate it. Yeah. Even though I may love the movie, it may not be as good. It's the, it's the most bizarre thing, but company, in my opinion, company matters. I'm really glad that I didn't go to episode seven and eight with you. Star yeah, you would have ruined it for me. Although maybe ruined it for, maybe yeah. I would have lifted it a little for you. <laughs> Who knows? That's the thing. No, <laughs> no, the, the writing, the writing was that abysmal on both those films. I, no one could have lifted that for me. Well, speaking of that, we are going to talk about the episode nine trailer right after this. So yes. stay tuned for that. Anyway, I loved Shazam. You know, we all laughed a lot. Everybody that I went with all four of us really enjoyed the movie. Now, was it mm-hmm. beyond amazing and the most incredible movie ever? Well, no, not of course, of course not. You know, did we think not. it was the best superhero movie ever? No, but we really enjoyed it. We, yeah, yeah, not at all. We enjoyed it. <laughs> we had a good time to me. It was, it was great. It wasn't superb or excellent, but I've heard some really negative reviews about it. I totally do not agree with any of those negative reviews. Now, granted they're entitled to their opinion and however sure. they took that, I can't argue with how it affected them because that's, that's how they saw it. And that's totally fine. But the reviews I've read and heard, they've said certain things about Shazam and I'm like, I didn't even see that. So I don't know how they interpreted it that way, but they did. And that's fine. So I just want to say, I don't agree with any of the negative reviews at all. I've heard other reviews where people have said, no, you know, it was good. It was okay. You know, I I liked it. I didn't like it, whatever. And I can totally see those. And I can agree with both sides on that, you know, as far as they liked and didn't like. Um, But otherwise I just, I had a good time. And I thought the story was good for the most part. I thought that it tied in nicely. Granted, I have a little bit of an advantage here. I've been reading the new comic reboot by Jeff Johns and a couple of other guys. I've not read the original Shazam comics, so I don't know what the heck happened back in the 30s, 40s, etc. But the new reboot, I've really enjoyed that. And I thought it tied in very nicely with that. There's a a thing at the end. I'm not going to give much away, but 
everybody knows that, you know, well, if you've seen the previews, you know that, you know, he's a quote orphan and he's living in a home with others, other orphans essentially. And there's a thing that they do with the orphans at the end. I loved it because it tied in with the new comic reboot. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was exciting. And some people absolutely hate it with a passion. <laughs> and I don't, they haven't read the, the comics either, the new comics. So that could be why I loved it so much because I understand why they did that. And I thought it was really cool. So some of you will love it. Some of you will hate it. And that's fine. Did um, they hate the concept of it or just how it was executed? Uh, possibly both. They didn't specifically say. Okay. They just said they hated it. I have more thoughts on that when you're done. Sure. Music. I'll go into this. I have one thing that bothered me. I'll go into that in a second. The music was not amazing, but it was good at times. And and we're talking the soundtrack score. Um, Right. There were some parts, especially at the end credits that I was like, this is really good. And then other parts where Mm. I didn't even notice it, which is not a good thing for a soundtrack. To me, a soundtrack needs to be noticed in a good way. If it's obviously if it's noticed in a bad way, that's that's annoying. Uh, like mortal engines. I said the beginning had that kind of grating thing on it bothered me. That was noticed <laughs> in a bad way, but soundtracks that don't get noticed. It's kind of like, well, they didn't do a very good job. If you know what I mean? Um, sure. Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. Uh, I think honestly, the only soundtracks, to, this is just me, but the only soundtracks that I've really noticed in my entire life were the fifth element, mm-hmm. Braveheart, First night with Richard Gere and Sean Connery. Mm, yeah, good stuff. Inception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, amazing. I mean, besides Star Wars and uh, you know, like the the obvious big ones, Superman, Star Wars, those old ones that are that are just uh, universal now. But I think those five movies, and maybe one or two, I'm not thinking of right off the top mm-hmm. of my head. But other than that, of all the dozens of movies I've seen since you know since I was a kid. Oh, and Flash Gordon when I was a little kid. I loved that soundtrack, but the soundtrack has to really stand out for me to even notice it. And with this movie, I did not notice the soundtrack one bit. Yeah. You know, the the thing for me is that I feel like in the 90s and the 80s, most of the movies had exceptional soundtracks, but you also had a few composers back then, and they were the great ones. They were the John Williams, James Horner, Hans Zimmer, Jerry Goldsmiths, you know, those guys, uh, Basil Polidoris, some of those guys were amazing. So Hunt for Red October, pretty much most of the Star Trek movies, because it was James Horner and a couple of other guys, you know, you had Titanic was was amazing. The Alien (laughs) movies, I mean, I could go on. There are, there were The Rock Crimson Tide. I mean, there were so many amazing soundtracks. Amazing. Gladiator. You meant, you know, we were talking about that. Amazing soundtracks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even oh, yeah. the, the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Amazing stuff, right? Of course, that was more 2000s. But mm-hmm. you had so many movies in the 80s and 90s that had exceptional soundtracks. You had a handful of them in the 2000s that were amazing. And in the last decade, I've barely noticed them. Yeah, they've had I a few for sure. But for whatever reason, it's like you've you've got all these new composers that are coming in and they just don't have that signature style or, you know, to me, a soundtrack hit it. should create emotion in the movie one way or the other. It, it frustrates you. It angers you. It makes you cry. It gives you inspiration and hope. Doesn't matter. But a soundtrack should create emotion and they used to. And I'm not seeing that as much. And we've been mm. to I've been to more movies in the last decade per year than I ever used to watch movies Mm -hmm. within a year. And yeah, I'm not noticing the soundtracks at all hardly anymore. And that's the one thing that I really stands out for me being a musician. So I am kind of disappointed in how lackluster the soundtracks have become overall in general. Now, granted 
then you can go to like the soundtrack from the standpoint of actual songs, you know, from our history, rock songs. So for example, we talked about that Captain Marvel did an exceptional job with bringing in the 90s stuff. Guardians of the yes. Galaxy has done an amazing job with bringing in music. Yes, this movie true. did an okay job with it. You know, it, there were a few songs that I was like, nice, good choice. And others that I was like, eh, okay, you missed the beat again, guys. So that's one thing that Marvel still does so much better than DC is bringing in the right songs from the right generations to capture right. that moment. Yeah. The villain. I thought the villain was decent not Thanos great or anything like that, but certainly not Steppenwolf bad. That was horrible. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> or, or Aries bad. I would pose. Yeah. Aries ahead. had his good moments and then is really yeah. like, what the heck did they just do with him? So even though I loved wonder woman, yeah, that was the one thing I didn't like about wonder woman was yeah, Aries, but the villain was so yeah, lackluster, but, but in this movie, he was definitely better. So they're on the right track. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I understood his backstory much more. So, and, and I was able to quote, I'm, I'm quoting this like air quotes here. I was able to relate to his story in the sense of like, Oh, that makes sense. Like, you know what happens in the beginning and how he was treated. I'm not going to give anything away here. You, it's just, you're just like, Oh, I, you know, I get that. I understand why he would do what he does. And I understand like why he's angry and why he's kind of bitter and creating this and how easily it was for him to be quote seducted as a villain and stuff that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Steppenwolf, I'm like, I don't get this. This Like, I don't <laughs> care about this villain. Just get, like, I don't even care if you kill him. You just get him off the screen. One thing I noticed about both the villains backstory in this in Shazam and, and Billy's backstory was that they were both believable and they were unique. I was just kind of struck by how unique the beginning of the film was with, with uh, yeah. situationally. Oh, I'll they get did to that. such a great job with that Christmas song in the beginning with the whole opening scene and that, Oh my gosh, that was good. That was powerful. I know some people were like, Whoa, I really like the way they did that. And Lex Luthor's father shows up uh, from Smallville as the, yeah. Lionel Luther, the actor, of course, Lionel Luther shows up uh, the actor uh, as as, uh, the villain's father. Yeah, that was really good. The one complaint I have about the villain is that they didn't develop him quite enough for me, but you know, once again, it's a movie. So when you have a TV show, you have the option to develop, the villain and the characters significantly more, of course. Yeah. And even Thanos, I don't think they developed enough in my opinion, once again, because it was a movie, even though I liked Thanos because we've talked about this so many times, his villainy is complicated, which made Avengers interesting and which is why we're excited about Endgame. Yep. This villain was simple. So I could see why some didn't like him as much, a little bit less complication to it. Although if you were to dive into the psychology behind what happens to this kid, you know, the villain as a kid and why it affected him and why he went the way he went. There is actually a lot of very fascinating conversation behind that psychology. So some people could say, oh, that's just really simple. And eh, dude, sit down and talk about it. And you realize that this villain right here is actually very similar to a lot of villains in our real world today. Now, granted, people aren't going to go quite that far and go crazy like he did. But, you know, you see murderers and serial killers and, you know, rapists and, you know, you hear the stories, you hear the school shooting stories. This is very similar psyche. So people go, Oh my gosh, he's not that good. Well, actually he's a lot more realistic than you think he is. So I liked that. Some people complained a little bit about the, uh, again, I don't don't want to give much away, but the accompanying quote monster slash villain that accompanies our main villain here. I thought we had a really good idea for this. Instead of them looking and acting the way that they did, again, I'm being a little cryptic here, 
they should have made them a little more human-like and more seductive. And that's not a huge spoiler because in the trailer, you're going to know a little bit about what's going on. But for those of you who have seen the movie, you understand what those quote monsters and other quote villains represented. So they should have made them more quote enticing and desirable rather than grotesque and scary. Granted, yeah, showing the quote a la, real a la form, American gods or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Showing the real form at some point in the movie would have made a lot of sense because you're seeing it's like, oh, that's what it really is. You know what I mean? Like, here's its vision to us. But once we see its true identity, then you're like, oh, that's repulsive. Like, I don't want to be around that. I think it would have been powerful from a villain standpoint if they would have made if they would have capitalized on that seductive, desirable standpoint a little bit more. But that's just a little thought we had. One thing that bothered me in this movie quite a bit was the difference in the acting between Asher, a.k.a. the kid and Zachary, a.k.a. the adult. Yes. Yeah, and I know your your wife saw that immediately too. Yeah, That's, I'll elaborate on that when it's my turn. Yeah, and I, I want to say that the the difference was this, is that Asher the kid acted in a very serious, melancholy, sort of almost depressed way at times, and Zachary aloof. as an adult, aloof, yeah, that's a good one. Zachary as an adult acted in a very goofy, kid-like, happy, optimistic sort of way. And, you know, people were saying, oh, Zachary Levi sucked. And I was like, actually, you can't blame either actor on this one because they both acted very well. But whoever was in charge of directing them or or the continuity, they messed up because they needed to act the same. So, yeah. Yeah. Oops. Now, granted, should Asher have acted (laughs) more like Zachary or should have Zachary acted more like Asher? Which one would have been more interesting? I. I think that they should have met in a happy medium. Okay. I think that in my opinion, I think that the kid should have been instructed to act more like a kid, but not necessarily as, as strongly as his adult version Mm -hmm. did. Okay. So, but I mean, I think that they directed Shazam to act more zany and childlike to make the movie more fun for sure. Uh, like, like, because they were totally channeling the movie big in this whole thing with Tom Hanks. And they even made a cute little, uh, homage to big in, in the movie, <laughs> they did. but, uh, it was awesome. Totally. But the disparity between them was very obvious for me after the fact, <laughs> I didn't notice while I was watching it, but I, when my wife mentioned it after the movie, I was like, Oh yeah, that was, you're totally right. You nailed it. Yeah. So obviously it wasn't so bad that I noticed it during the movie and it didn't ruin the film for me at all. Nothing ruined the film. I thought it was decent, but yeah. Well, good to me. It's duh, but for (laughs) whatever reason, there have been some debates going around some reviewers like actual, you know, professional reviewers. And then also just, you know, actual people that went and saw it and threw up a review on IMDb or something. were saying, Oh, it's a total kid friendly family film. And then other people saying, Oh my gosh, like I almost took my, you know, I don't know, seven year old or nine year old or something like that to the movie. And I was appalled at how, (laughs) oh my gosh, there was violence and language and scary stuff. And oh, this is not a kid friendly film. And, and I'm sitting here going, first of all, why are we even debating this? It's PG 13, meaning that 13 or older. So if it's PG, first of all, I'm not a parent, but why are parents taking kids that are younger than 13 anyway? I don't know, whatever, right? Yeah. But I'm not a parent, so I can't I can't say that. It's a DC movie. 
when have we ever had a DC movie that is a kid friendly family film, you know, in the new DC reboots, you know, you can go back to the original Superman's long time ago. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about since Batman V Superman came out, or I guess Mm -hmm. it would have been a man of steel was the first one, but yeah. when, When have we had anything that's kid friendly family film with DC at all? Wonder woman, maybe might've been the closest, but still, so I but look at this as like war and, and violence in it. So, yeah. And so I look at it. It's not mature rated or, or rated R. It's not a kid's movie. There's some scary yeah. stuff in there for youngsters. There's language and violence, but again, it's not over the top. Like some of the other stuff, it's not Deadpool. It's not, you know, no. the, the mature rated it, Marvel films that we're seeing on Netflix. It's not like that at all, but I don't understand why people are even debating it. It just doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Like it's, it's because, people uh it's pg-13 was because people pg-13 was the perfect rating for this film for totally for anyone agree. who's thinking about going yeah. it is a pg-13 movie yeah textbook so it has a has some violence it has some you know superhero violence and it has a couple of bad words in it and of That's course it. they have the, the traditional <laughs> f word because at a pg-13 movie you can say the f word once and of course they did did they i didn't notice that. i saw that yep. i heard the s word once and i don't remember the f word but anyway. it's not over the top i actually heard some people saying that there was a lot of swearing in it and i went in expecting no. that and i was like there really wasn't so i don't know <laughs> what they really were wasn't. hearing <laughs> and they were saying that there was some horrible scene i don't remember i heard that somewhere that there was a horrible scene that would I don't know. I, and I never saw that scene, so I'm not sure if maybe I'm just looking at it from different perspective eyes too. I mean, I don't know, but to me it was not like horrible for kids. Cause then I heard another person say that they took their younger. I don't know how young their kids are actually. I don't think they're, they're child kids, but younger. And they said their kids loved it and didn't have any issues with it. So, you know, I don't know. I, I to me, I look at it as like, First of all, it's not a kid's movie. It's PG 13. Now, if this were, if this were rated PG in its current form, then I would have a problem with it. Well, yeah, I that, say, they wouldn't have done that. Well, exactly. But <laughs> it's, also, rated it's nowhere near a rated R either. So no, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that one out there because I know some of you do have kids and I, yeah, I don't know if you want to take them or not, but you know, if they're not 13, don't even consider it. That's my theory. The four of us that went really enjoyed it, had a good time. Was it the best DC movie ever? No, but I definitely think DC is on the right track. Finally, I think with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and now Shazam, I think they're finally starting to, you know, get their feet into them. It's not perfect. Marvel's still doing a better job, I think, in most cases, but I think that uh, it's definitely still worth watching. You know, and if we didn't have the Marvel movies at all, I don't think you'd be hearing complaints as much, to be completely honest. That may be true. Yeah. Marvel has set the bar pretty darn high. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't have as many as you did, but and and you've re, and you have reflected some of mine. But I thought it was a mediocre film in general as far as superhero movies goes. But I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Very unlike Star Wars Episode Seven and Eight, which I in, during which I just wished they would end. Um, <laughs> and and you're asking, well, why did you even go then? Well, because it's Star Wars, totally. and I still I still hold out hope that they'll get their heads out of their rear ends and do it right one of these episodes like they did with rogue one. And uh, in my opinion, solo, I thought yeah. those were two they were fantastic. Perfectly good star Wars movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the main storyline, uh, I think their writers are complete hacks, but moving on. Move along. Move along. These aren't the droids we're looking for. For Shazam. I thought the plot was pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I but like I said, it did have some, you know, unique intro story stuff going on that I've, it just wouldn't have, 
what where they where they come up with that type of thing? But it was you know like I said, it was a zany movie, and that's always good for a smile or three. But uh, not two, no, not two, just three, one yeah, or one, three, one or three. Okay. Um, five is right out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest issue I saw, again, after the fact, was the whole acting disparity. So mm. uh, you and I both agree 100% on that. It was just, I just felt like the adult actor kind of overacted and the 15-year-old role and the kid tried to just play it aloof and cool. And, yeah. and it, 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 it very obviously did not mesh if you were really paying attention like I was yeah. uh, obviously not during the film. I thought the ending was fun. But the actors involved were either just blah actors or they were directed and writ or written poorly. I didn't think they fit the who they were replacing. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to bottom line it for me, it was a fun movie. I'd recommend seeing it. I just wouldn't get too excited and, and I would wait for it to come out on Netflix or some similar platform. Mm. And the last thing I'm going to say is that Marvel is still king. I will agree with the Marvel is still king. I think they're still doing it better right now than DC is as yeah. far as the movies go. But you're saying wait for Netflix. I'm saying go see it in the theater. It's not a Marvel movie. See it in the cheap theater. That's my opinion. Well, we see it on cheap Tuesday nights. So if your theater <laughs> does cheap Tuesday nights, go to that. I mean, no, I wouldn't yeah. spend above $12. I mean, I don't know how it depends on where yeah. you live, but you know, we don't spend, spend 60 bucks on it like I did. <laughs> oh, see, we spend, you know, five seventy five on Tuesday nights. And well, if you yeah. see it in the big screen, it's a little bit bigger, but or a little bit more. Yeah. My, my wife and I make an event out of it when we go to movies, even if it's a bad movie, we make an event out of it and we spend, you know, $21 on tickets and then oh $40 on food. So yeah. Well, food is fun. Okay. That is cool though. Go have a good time and enjoy yourself, but I can't believe you're paying 21 for a ticket. No, no. That's for both tickets. Oh, okay. Okay. With tax. I was going to say, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're like 10 bucks a ten, ten, nine, nine to $10 a ticket. And then yeah. all the food and beer we order was another 40 plus dollars. Well, sure. So, Food's expensive yeah. there. Now, I know some of the theaters are, are crossing the 18 per ticket line in certain states, which is crazy. But our, our Tuesday nights are 575 for a 2D normal size screen. If you want, you know, the gigantic three story screen, which is amazing, by the way. You know, that's yeah. like eight bucks, eight seventy five, something like that. Or if you do it in 3D, Dang. which I, uh, I'm i not a 3D. I don't care. Eh. No, 3D is dead. I don't know why they I don't even see it anymore. Oh, we still have it a lot. Do you? Wow. And they still sell out. So people love really? it for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Most yeah. people I, I know don't it. like not, it that much. Des Moines. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to give a quick update to the rookie. Last week, I mentioned that there was a little bit more drama heavy you know, as of like episode four and five or something. And I was like, nah, I don't like that as much. I want to say this. I'm further. I'm not caught up. I don't think to the latest episode now, but I'm most of the way there now. Wow. 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 So they, they kind of came back, you know, at the beginning, first three episodes, I thought were just an awesome start right out the gate. Kind of went a little drama heavy for a few episodes and then they kind of corrected themselves and it's amazing. There was one episode and I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I'm going to tell you that if you're interested in the show, watch it. There was one episode that was spectacular. I was blown away how good it was. Wow. And and for those of you who've seen it, you know exactly which episode I'm talking about. It's the one that shines and stands out. It was just wow. So good show. Overall, great show worth watching. I still want to ask my cousin who's a detective how close to truth this show is or or if it's just like complete Hollywood fiction. I'd be curious. 
Does he watch it? I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet about it. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I want to say before we talked about Star Wars trailer that Star Trek Discovery season two continues to amaze me. <laughs> I think they might be at the end of the season. Oh, okay. Or uh, they just finished an episode this last week where it acted like another um, cliffhanger, like like the end of a season. But they've done that earlier in this season too. So I don't I don't know if the season's over yet. I think it's 13, 14 episodes in or something like that. But mm. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. They're doing a really good job with it. I'm super impressed. Way more impressed than season one. And I liked season one fine. Good. But they've just been much more consistent with this season in in how how well it's written and executed. So, yeah. You know, going along with that, with the Orville, I've actually, I haven't talked about that in a while, but I don't think season two of Orville has been as good as the first season. I think the first season was Mm -hmm. definitely better overall. But there have been some absolutely spectacular episodes in Orville that blow away most sci-fi. There have been some not so good ones that I think are really hurting the show. And there have been some average ones that are like, eh, okay, nothing exciting. Let's move on. (laughs) But the really good ones just make it worth continuing to watch. And, And the last one I watched, actually, I'm not caught up with that either, but the last one, all I'm going to say is they open a time capsule from 2015. And I loved that episode. It was not high action. It was not intense. It was very much human interest, very much character development, but I really loved it. Like I really got into that episode and thought it was just so good. And I went, you know, this is just so much like Star Trek, the next generation. It really is. You know, he's definitely putting his love for TNG and making his own show out of it. I respect that. It's good. Good. All right. Let's talk the episode nine trailer thoughts. Okay, I may not. I may be the <laughs> only start. one here. So first of all, everybody said all the trailers out, and everybody you know got on social media, blasted it. Oh my god! People were freaking out, Idiot. flipping out, going crazy. Like, oh my gosh, is it December already? I just can't wait. And I mean, you know me, I'm an excited dude. I like getting excited about things, and I get giddy a lot. But I'm going to be honest. After what happened with episode eight, my excitement is nowhere near what everyone else's excitement is. And I don't know why everyone else is so excited when they were all like, oh, episode eight was okay. And now they're like, it's almost like they forgot that episode eight happened. And now they're, oh my gosh, it's Star Wars. (laughs) And I, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, it's Star Wars. Like I love Star Wars. It's so exciting. And I tell you what, man. The magic of Star Wars was diminished a little for me with episode eight. I didn't hate it as much as you did and other people did, but I also didn't think it was a great movie either. Episode seven to me, I still enjoyed that. But like you said, you go back to Rogue One and Solo, that reinvigorated the magic for me. You know, Clone Wars and what was the um, Star Wars Rebels, that that cartoon dude, that just reignited the magic for me. There's another show out that I haven't even watched yet. And then the Mandalorian is coming out and I think it's going to be a TV show. Oh, Interestingly, there oh, are cool. things that I just get so excited about when it comes to star Wars, you know, games come out. I get, I get pumped, but the episode nine trailer after what happened with episode eight, I was like, eh, I'll get to it in a couple days. <laughs> so I finally watched it and I'm expecting something like, Oh my gosh, something happened. Well, I may be the only one here, but I'm not as excited as the rest of the world. I watched it and I think here's the problem. The trailer for episode eight was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Something amazing is going to happen in in this movie. 
and I remember like people were ripping the trailer apart. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, it's episode eight. And then the movie happened and we went, Oh, that's not what the trailer <laughs> was portraying. That's kind of like, uh, like hmm. what do you mean? The Jedi have to end. Oh, uh, okay. Huh? And then we I were all a little disappointed. The episode eight trailer, honestly, the biggest thing was when Luke said it's time for the Jedi to end and everybody went, he doesn't say that. No way. He's that's, that's totally mixed together. That's not real. And everybody was all excited. And then when it actually came about that, that's exactly what he said. And then nothing really came of it. We all went, Oh, okay. Well, that was mm. lame. So that's why I'm not getting my hopes up because there were some things in the trailer that I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to be excited about this. Like <gasps> Lando Calarizian is back. Billy D. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, my gosh. And then I went, well, hold on here though. Why is he back? What's going on? So this was funny in solo young Lando says, you know, I want my ship back and young Han Solo says over my dead body. And then Mm. you've got a picture of (laughs) old Lando from the new trailer smiling. (laughs) Yeah. And I imagine I want, I, I really hope that he has a conversation with the millennium Falcon as if he were talking to his old uh, co-pilot, what's her name? Uh, who they integrated into the into the Falcon yeah. in Solo? Yeah, um, which was- I hope they do that just to tie it to Solo. You know, yeah, that would be neat. Uh, so that part was really cool. Yeah, and, uh, and I love Billy D. By the way, he's and I met him yeah, in person. Yeah. What a great guy! So very and, excited about that. What else? Well, and then the the whole Death Star piece cra- crashed part of Death Star mm-hmm. on whatever planet they're on, Endor. I don't know or Yavin four, who knows? I don't know which death star it is, but that was really epic. There was a lot of epic scenery in the trailer mm-hmm. and, and you know, Lando flying, flying the millennium Falcon and the very gratuitous part where she flips over. You can only assume has to be uh, Kylo Ren's ground speeder thing. Mm-hmm. It was a very visually stimulating and, yes, and exciting trailer it, it uh, for star Wars. But Star Wars is all about, we all, we all know by now, Star Wars is all about the writing. Yeah. And it's such a rich, fantastic universe that deserves good writing. Not the hack writing that Disney has been throwing at it mm-hmm. with the first two of its main story episodes. I don't know who they pulled to get to do Rogue One and Solo, which again, aren't the best movies in the world. But for Star Wars movies, they're pretty decent. I don't know who they pulled together to do those, but I hope that they're utilizing those for episodes eight and nine. I really want them to, to come out of their writing funk and pull an episode three and make up for the last two main story episodes. In my opinion, that's all I can say. So no one is an expert. There are a lot of people out there that, you know, live, eat, breathe star Wars, talk about star Wars on their YouTube channels and podcasts. And they think that they've got answers here. The reality is, is that they've all thought that they would have answers for episode eight. And I would say every single one of them that I talked to followed, read, listened to, watched, et cetera. Every one of them are wrong. <laughs> so I, I kind of, again, this wrong goes, as in like their predictions were all wrong. Oh, their predictions. Okay. Yeah. But part of that has to do with the fact that where they went with episode eight was not where they should have gone. Yeah. We're, really weird. Poorly written episode. Honestly, yeah, if I mean, they go. I, yeah. Seven was better. Yeah. If they go where they're supposed to go in episode nine and where they should go for the continuity of the star Wars universe, then some of these fans and experts may be right. I don't know, but here are a couple of things I've heard. So first of all, people are predicting that the planet that the death star fragment is on is the forest moon of Endor. 
Well, okay. here's the problem. If it's a forest moon, why is there a giant ocean? Just throwing that out there. I don't know. That's my thought. People, nobody talked about that one. It's a forest moon. Why is there a giant ocean? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe there's mostly forest. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. But the reason they're saying that it's Endor and not Yavin is because there's a fragment where you can see what looks like to be like the outline of the emperor's throne room. And then the actual emperor's throne room is underwater. And they, they show the little outline of it and you can say, oh, yeah, I can see that. So, hmm. you know, that's interesting. They also found some original scripting for episode seven, eight and nine that got thrown out, unfortunately. But the scripting was that Ray actually dives underwater, finds the emperor's throne room. And that's how they find the path to Luke Skywalker and the other Jedi is hmm. somehow it was locked up in the emperor's throne room, which I thought, well, that would have been a freaking cool storyline. What the heck? Why didn't they use that? Well, they scratched that for some reason. Then another thing that I saw was that that was cool, by the way, with the emperor laughing at the very end of it. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's so awesome. That, yeah. that was cool. But then I'm like, what does that even mean, though? That could mean absolutely nothing. This would go along the lines with the Star Wars. You know, extended universe is that the emperor and this is something that was in the Star Wars video game, Star Wars, the old Republic. The emperor is essentially immortal and transfers his soul his essence basically through the force to other bodies. Mm. And so what they do with that is that Palpatine is not dead. Even though he quote died, they're saying, no, he's not dead. He somehow salvaged his spirit, you know, and he's trying to find himself in another, another body. So, you know, like they're saying, is he going to get into the body of Ray? Is he going to get into the body of Kylo Ren? And so I thought, well, that actually would make sense because once again, that's part of the Star Wars lore in some yeah. way or another. Well, I mean, it makes some sense because the good Jedi, when they die, they become ghosts you can interact with. So when a bad Jedi dies, it would make sense to me that their ghost would try to possess someone else. Yep. Whereas the good Jedi yep. would never do that. So they also talked about how, you know, how Luke starts off in episode four, he's wearing white and then in episode five he's kind of more gray and then in episode six he's wearing black they were talking about the symbolism of his struggle with the dark side which of course luke did struggle with that and then they talked about anakin same kind of thing starts off white goes more uh it wasn't gray but it was more brown i think brown and gray in episode two and then he's black in episode three same kind of thing and they talked about with ray she starts off with gray in episode seven and episode eight she's actually wearing black like she's being tempted by the dark side with Kylo Ren and in, in this preview for episode nine, she's wearing white. So there's a little bit of symbolism there thinking mm. that she is actually going to be a full force in that sense. And actually didn't, wasn't Luke wearing gray in episode eight as old Luke. I don't remember, but I mean, interesting <laughs> stuff I'd never seen before. And so I, I was yeah, seeing that is, that. that is very interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation, a lot of theory who knows what's actually going to happen. One thing is, you know, Kylo Ren smashed his, helmet basically in episode eight and it looks like he's putting it back together in the preview. It was actually a quick scene where it looks like he's putting it all back together. Yeah. He's touching it or something. Yeah. And then the other aspect was, is Anakin really dead? You know, are they bringing Anakin back through something as Darth Vader or will he show up as the good side? Hayden Christensen was rumored showing up in this movie. I don't know Mm. if that's actually going to happen or not. And then people are saying, Who are they going to find? Are there going to be Jedis alive? Is Ahsoka Tano going to be alive? Ah, yeah. From 
Rogue or from uh, Clone Wars and Star Wars. Clone Rogue Wars, Wars, yeah. So who knows? I mean, you know, again, there's so much speculation. Here's the thing. The speculation really excites me. That's what yeah, I'm like. Oh, my gosh. It would be so incredible if they tied everything together. All eight movies and all all of the cartoons and everything else they've done. All of the one-off movies. If they tied it all together into this giant culmination in episode nine, it would be the best Star Wars movie ever. And I would be like so giddy. I'd be screaming. Seriously. And that's what they should do because it's yes. Star Wars. Yes. But I don't trust Disney after episode seven and eight. I don't know either. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to miss the boat and they're going to, and well, hold on. That's pessimistic. Let's hope that they do it yeah. right. But they, oh, could. Yeah. they could just be like, oh, we're going to go this way. And then you're going to be like, okay, great job guys. Not really. And for some crazy reason, they think that they did a good job on seven and eight. I, I don't just don't get that. It blows me away. I'm, I'm, I can't even articulate how crazy that feels to me that they thought, yep, this is that episode seven and eight are Star Wars worthy is crazy to me. So, I mean, I, so everything you just said about them tying everything together, going out with a huge bang, doing the franchise real justice, that's what they need to do. They yeah. need to do that. Whether they did it or not, we'll find out in a few months. Yep. So, Believe it or not, I went to, well, seven, I certainly went to with an open mind because I was like, awesome, Star Wars again. And then, so I was going expecting to be, to enjoy it. And I was severely let down yeah. by the writing. Uh, episode eight, I was very jaded because of seven. Again, severely let down because of the writing. So episode nine, you know, ugh, I just want, I really want it to be good. Dang it. Because yeah. it's Star Wars and it deserves it. That's all I'm going to say. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Hey, let's hope for the best. Seriously. I'm hoping for it. Yep. Me too. Well, a good day always must end with a good thought. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If I were truly paranoid, would I constantly wonder if you knew that I knew that you knew that I knew that you knew that I knew that you knew what kind of ice cream I couldn't live without? And you were always buying it out at the grocery store? Um. Well, thank you for joining us today. I would love it if you would please join us in either Slack, Discord, or the Facebook group. Get involved in the conversation. We can talk more about this stuff. You want to talk about the Star Wars trailer? You want to talk more about Shazam? Get on any of those platforms. And of course, those are all linked in the show notes. And that is realbryanshow.com slash 158. So go there. You can see all the show notes and links and everything like that and makes it great. But hey, if you love the show, which of course you do because you're listening, share (laughs) it, send it to a friend, send it to a family member, a loved one, an enemy, whoever, just send it to them and be like, you know what? (laughs) This is the show you should be listening to or else you should die. Thanks for sharing that. Do it. (laughs) Yeah, do it because we're talking about Star Wars. That's right. You know what the music means? It's apropos. Yes. Our time's up. I do know what the music means. The Emperor is dead. Uh, ding dong or, the emperor's dead yeah that witch old emperor the wicked uh, forget it alright hey have a great rest of your week <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening we really really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you next week with a lot of fun stuff Real Brian Show signing off The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com now one thing I'll say really quickly Shazam 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 Shazam! Next week. Can they get any smaller?
They were as tall as my chin. But it's I'm, like each cheeks in a bucket, you know? They're either laugh or they won't. You know what I'm talking about. So you just kind of yeah. pick up on it. Negligence. That's what that is. It so. is. And it's also a health hazard because if they get into a crash, I'm, I'm not going to be able to walk. Yeah, that's the least of your problems if they get in a crash. It was really trippy. And then, of course, I'd sleep for 12 hours once I was finally able to crash. I believe sleep is magical. Yeah. Mm, like a magic man. Do you want it? 